I'm going to cue us up for what's happening now. Today I'm not preaching, in case you were hoping for that. Maybe you're like, oh, let's do something different, Scott. Um, today we have uh, a unique moment. Is Chris Zerkowski in the room? Okay. I wasn't expecting her here today. Um, today we are going to have a video interview with Chris Zerkowski on the screen. Um, let me read what I wrote. For a while now, especially through the pande pandemic, I've had this ache and dream of finding ways to hear from some of our older saints. Um, Lambrick is a community, and I'm so thankful. I actually have on my phone a digital version of the 1983 photo directory of this church. And the age spread then and today represents the whole range of life, and I, it always has, and I love it. And um, I think as the pandemic came and has moved, I've had this little under-the-surface concern that some folks would step out of the room and never return, particularly maybe because of health concerns, feeling still vulnerable. I know that's still the case for some. Some are with us every Sunday online, and we're so thankful you are. We miss you like crazy, and I mean that. And Chris is one of those people. Um, together with her husband, Mel, who passed away three years ago this January, they have been a part of Lambrick for seemingly a lifetime. Um, and so today I've done an interview with Mel, earlier, or with Chris, sorry, earlier this week, filmed it, and uh, will be sharing it with us. And she has a few words of encouragement as well for the baptismal candidates as well at the end. I know some of us know and love Chris Zerkowski, and it will mean a lot to see her uh, on the screen. She was here two Sundays ago, uh, able to come sometimes as her health permits. Um, others of you have never met Chris, so today's your introduction. As I said, her husband Mel passed away three years ago this January, and one week later, Chris was diagnosed with cancer. In the shock of her grief, found herself in the hospital, not knowing where it was going. And I was one of those people, as I was praying, wondering if we'd ever see Chris again. Um, but as you'll see in the video, she has recovered well from her cancer, and she is vibrant. She is the Chris Zerkowski many of us know and love. Lastly, I also want to mention, uh, and she makes a comment of this, a brief comment, but Chris herself is Indigenous, uh, growing up on the reserve, as she describes it. She'll talk about it briefly. She won't say it here, but in her childhood, she was sent to day school, and all of her girlfriends, all of her best friends, were sent off to residential school. That's Chris Zerkowski's story. Um, she won't get into it much, but that's part of her coming into Lambrick, stepping into our, our community, and becoming someone who always had her heart open and her eyes out for someone stepping into a largely white church, especially back in the 70s. It's changed more and more over the years. But always having her eye out for the person that might feel other and wanting to sit with them, wanting to invite them to sit with her, wanting them to find a home and family here. I love that about Chris. And Mel. Mel had his own story as well. So we'll leave it at that. I'll hand it over to Chris on the screen. Well, why don't you introduce yourself? Okay. Tell us your name, where you were born. Okay. My name is Christine Zerkowski. I was born in a little Indian village up coast, Alert, in Alert Bay. 
Oh, in Alert Bay, and uh, I lived there till I was 21 years of old age. I um, became. What, what was your uh, tribe? Your uh, the Nimkish Nimkish tribe Nimkish. Well, I think yeah. Yeah. It's quite well, quite you know, it's a big, yeah, but okay. it's an Imkish tribe, yeah. Are both of your parents First Nations? Yes, they were. Mm-hmm. And from and the, same, my, the same tribe? No. no, my mother was from the Comox uh, area, and my dad, of course, was from Alert Bay, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so you lived there until you were how old? Until about 20. I went to nurses training, actually, yeah, 21. Uh-huh. I had to stay there all that uh-huh. time, yeah. yeah. Loved it in a way, I never thought there was anything better. You know, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, and uh, siblings. Yes, I had. There was ten of us, four girls, and and, and four boys. You know, no uh-huh. one died earlier. So wow. yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Where were you in the family order? I was in the the lower bottom three. Yeah, the younger youngers. No, I wasn't the youngest. Second youngest, third okay. youngest, because Reg came along later. Uh-huh. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And tell us about how you met Jesus. Well, I grew up in a, a like a home. I went to church, went to Sunday school. We had a missionary that taught Sunday school every Sunday. So I knew all about the Lord and prayed. And then um, my family um, attended church all the time and choir practice. And we were in the choir. And not that I can sing, but I was in the choir. And uh, <laughs> And then one day I was reading one of Billy Graham's books and it said that you should accept Jesus and ask him to come into your heart. So I did that. I was about 12 or 13, yeah. Huh. And from there I was, uh, well, I guess you'd call it now, born again, but I, there was no name for it there. I just yeah. kept reading and studying and and then um, gradually decided to, I wanted to leave home. I wanted to... Um, do something different but my parents wanted me to stay home and so I waited till I was 21 and I had to apply my one of my my action godmother helped me to apply for nursing training and so I was I was going to be 21 and I was going to be uh, on the 26th of February and I was going in nursing on the March the 5th I can still remember that and so I then told him that I'm leaving and going to go to so he was a little upset. Your dad. My dad was. And uh, then my mother knew when yeah. my dad was upset. But he came down to Vancouver about two weeks later, took me out for dinner, saying it's okay. Uh, <laughs> so that was nice. Yeah. Uh, tell us about your first experiences of Lambrick. Well, my first experience of Lambrick. Oh, when is this? This is in the 70s? 70s. When we came, we were just leaving the Orthodox Church, and Melanie Wanta had met people. I think it was the Ellington Boys and things, and they really encouraged us to go there. So actually, coming to Lambrick was uh, the children's choice, and uh, Williams, he was the preacher there then at the time. John so, Williams. John Williams. Yes. So, so we came and we wanted to see what it was like. And he said, well, you better stay and find out what. We wanted to know. Mel says, well, where's your cross? Because my husband said, no cross in that church. There's something wrong here, you know. So anyway, he said, you stay and find out. So we stayed and, and we never left. 
Yeah. What did you find out? What was it that made you want to stick beyond the fact that your daughter yeah. had found Well, connection? we liked the teaching. They were yeah. teaching of the word. And that mm. was just so fab because we didn't ever have that. Mm. And that was fascinating to us, you know. What do you mean by that? But, well, I meant like they would take a word out of the word and preach on this gospel. Yeah. And uh, we had never heard that before. And we thought, this is wonderful. <laughs> and then I remember one day praying. And it was going to be Ryan Sutherland speaking. And I said, Lord, I want to feel the love in this church. Is there love here? Mm-hmm. And you know that I, I went, walked in the church and I could feel almost like instantly uh, the presence of the Lord and, uh, and the love. And I knew that was it. We're going to stay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you, you and Mel together mm-hmm. in a part of Lambrick for... 50 years? Almost. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots has gone on. Yeah. Oh, over those of, years. Yeah. What are, what, what are one or two highlights that you think of? Whether I, well, I don't know, it might be events or it might just be memories or people, things that you'll always be thankful for. Well, I think we'll always be thankful for the fact that we learned a lot more about God mm-hmm. and learned uh, and we grew a lot in the Lord because prior to that, as I said, um, we were... Christians, but we weren't exactly always walking the walk. Mm. And when we came to Lambert, we realized uh, we, um, I think we're getting a little disillusioned. We lived a world, we fit into all the social events that we attended with the force and stuff. So we weren't exactly walking mm. the, uh, mm. I knew it, I knew it, that this was not. So when we came to Lambert and started hearing the teachings and things, we didn't change just like that. God just quickly and softly hmm. taught us, you know, changed our way of thinking, changed our way of living. And all of a sudden, we realized the things that we thought were important weren't important anymore. Hmm. We were doing um, things that they were doing at the church, going to potlucks with and, and different things like that. Yeah. So what are we doing on a Friday night by going to potlucks, you know? <laughs> but it was, yes, we um, we had, it had changed our lives hmm. and we grew Closer to the Lord because of the teaching and, and the people we met at church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, who shared me a few people that you look back maybe over the years and feel like they helped me mm-hmm. learn the faith. Because obviously it wasn't just the preacher up no, front. Oh, no, it, it wasn't. Was the community. Yeah. I would say Brian Sutherland was really one of them. He was mm-hmm. truly a loving man. For both you and Mel. Yeah, he was. And uh, he was, and, and Gladys Clark was, because she was a missionary with people in India, she um, had a way of um, dealing, helping me a lot of, in a lot of ways that she knew I wouldn't know, I didn't know. And so she was very gracious and kind. I loved her very much. She was truly yeah. uh, a missionary there. And so was her, and he, he was that way with Mel too. Yeah. Like he knew Mel's language. We come in the church on Sunday and he would wish us uh, a Christmas Sunday and he wished Mel a Ukrainian, uh, in Ukrainian, Merry Christmas. And we we're so happy to have someone rem- know, you know, that we could, uh, so where he picked it up, he did though. And yeah, so it was really um yeah just wonderful people like that they were uh stan kelly and may and may may was another one and you know really helped and of course gene and hersom and i were sisters together we grew to love her very much and yeah and, and um yeah and of course harvey uh, harriet and tom over the years they're um uh, 
they've been there for us. We're friends. We still are friends, you know, and it's uh, uh, very helpful to us to all of this stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's lots of people. And when you guys first joined Lambrick, mm-hmm. you weren't the older people. You no, were we some were, of the younger people. Yeah, we were the youngest almost. You were yeah. the youngest. <laughs> almost, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, no, no. So Lambert became family. Oh, yes. Lambert became family. Yeah. Our kids loved it there. We stayed there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we, huh. it's our church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, today, as we celebrate the baptism of two of our mm-hmm. younger people, mm-hmm. is there any word of encouragement or advice maybe either that you would want to give to our young baptismal candidates today Mm. well that's a really difficult question because I know you're going to run into problems along the journey of life uh, as we did I know you're going to be drifting some ways but I pray that you will stay steadfast Mm. to uh, I think for myself being no matter what we read our bible no matter what we said our prayers Mm. and I believe that God honored us for that and i hope that you will too Mm -hmm. when you run into difficulty it's god you turn to Mm -hmm. not some other avenues but turn to god all he asks of us and for you is to remember and he'll help you so i think your journey is a beautiful one i congratulate you on this journey and i pray that you would sense god's presence all through your life yeah Mm -hmm. And if you don't, just turn around and ask him. He's there and he's waiting for you. He just wants you to say, I'm sorry I did that. Mm. And he's, you're ready to start again. Mm. That's the kind of God we have. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there anything else you want no. to share with Lambert today? No, I'm just glad that I belong to Lambert. I really have appreciated the prayers I've had from Lambert, the, the people that have shared their loved, love for me during this time. I I can say with on it, I don't know what I'd be without that love and that gifted in those prayers. Mm-hmm. And I thank you, each one of you that have said a prayer for me. Mm-hmm. You can keep praying too. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Chris. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. sure Chris is online with us, so thanks so much, Chris, for being willing to share and have me in your home. I love that she named all those names, and some of you don't know those names. Some of you do. I can picture from my childhood as a little kid in this room, partly because my parents have photos too, uh, the Clarks and Brian Sutherland and Stan Kelly and many of those, and I dream and pray with you that 50 years from now, uh, some of you will be on this screen naming names in this room. You'll say Brenda Lee and uh, Rick and Karen Johnson, and you'll name off names of people who prayed for you and, and taught you the faith and encouraged you in the ups and downs. And I think part of my hope for today in this is Chris didn't have an easy journey. Chris and Mel together had a lot of challenges, a lot of reasons over the years where their faith was pressed, where they felt like, oh, I don't know if this matters. And, but they discovered in the gospel a life that was worth clinging to. 
And they discovered in the church a community that could sustain them when their faith wasn't enough. So, Andrew and Amy, in a line there today. <laughs> uh, in the gospel is big enough for all that life will bring you. I'm going to walk over here so I can see you both. The gospel is big enough for all that life will bring you. And the church is big enough to sustain you when your faith isn't enough. And I say that for all of us. For all of us. Um, let's pray together. Then we're going to worship and share the Lord's Supper together. Jesus, we thank you for your grace alive in a community, for the quirky things that get people into a room, for Chris and Mel, their daughters, having some friends at Lambrick, and maybe uh, speaking the language and feeling more at home in this, in this uh, young community back in the 70s and the way you made this their church family and the way that's been uh, part of the nourishing of their faith as an extended family through many years. And we thank you that that is a story um, that many of us have experienced in different ways and the ways you're using other churches in this city too to um, preach the gospel and show it and live it and pray it and sing it and receive it. So we come, I just think of Chris saying there of that Sunday where Brian Sutherland was speaking and she said, Lord, I need to know your love here. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and make us aware of your love here today and in these days and in these weeks and in this season and in this year and here again now in 2022 that others would and we would find you alive in this church, alive among us, the gospel real and sufficient and good, worth giving ourselves to bowing before. Jesus, you are the river that we come to. You are the one who offers us life. And so friends, Amen, I'll say. Friends, it seems fitting that today, uh, having heard the witness of God's grace to Amy and Andrew and now Chris Zerkowski, for us to take a few minutes together and share in the Lord's Supper. For those of us that have been baptized, to remember again that there was a day when we came and got in the waters in front of a community and that that, that declaration calls to us again today to confess our sins, to come, as Chris said, and turn back to Jesus and ask for his grace to meet us and lift us up and pull us into his ways again. To re be reminded that it's God's grace that makes us a part of a community. And so you're not alone today. And so we come together. And so today we're actually going to revive something we used to do, which is we're going to come to the front to receive the Lord's Supper. We're still using the prepackaged ones because of concerns. But I want to invite those that are serving the Lord's Supper. You've already been chosen. Please come. Some of these are folks that have been baptized in the last few years. Some of our elders as well. Um, and we're going to come as we sing together to receive from the hands of another the elements, the bread, and the cup that are a declaration to us of the gospel today, alive in a community for us. I think Janet and I are going to take one of the Oh, you're good. You're good. Okay. We'll figure it out. So today we celebrate 
What Jesus has done is a source of our thanksgiving. In the midst of the mess of the world, in the midst of the broken things in us and in our lives, we come to a God who has given himself for us. The center of the story of the world is a God who has given himself for us, who's pursuing us in Jesus. And today, by his spirit, is with us. And this gospel is open to all of us. All of us. He wants you at his table. He invites you to his table. And so today I want to invite you to come and receive from the hands of another the bread and the cup, symbols of the body and the blood of Christ offered up for the world. That we might be forgiven of our sin, that we might receive the gift of the Spirit, God's life coming to live in us, and that we would learn to follow this God in Jesus' name.